This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and um, a bit of a fun introduction for tonight's episode. But uh, welcome back to the To Hollenbach podcast, award nominated, sponsored by Pearson's Bar and Six Yards Out. And today we have three fantastic guests, including a first timer, Ewan, who, as you just saw there, is part of the Rosellas band. So um, I'll do the shout outs to begin with. So what, what, what's all that about? What's the band about? Yeah, is it about music? I hope so. What the ba- is the band about music? What? Yeah, I hope so. What? You're, not, you're not selling it, you and tell oh, us yeah. about your your musical endeavors. So the the band is about music, and we play music. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. What it. sort of music? Oh, it's rock and roll, rock and roll, rock and roll music. Okay, well, if there are any rock and roll fans out there, you can go and watch the Rosellas yeah. at whatever this is. Friday, the thirty-first of March, twenty twenty-three at Manchester Academy. That's very exciting. So, yes, thank you very much for coming on. I hope you're having a lovely time. And uh, we've also got uh, regular Tom and um, irregular Matt. How are you two guys doing? Yeah, great, thanks. How are you? All good. I'm very well. I'm very well. And I'm looking forward to this episode tonight because we've got four points from six. Uh, Liam Rossini has started his managerial career at Hull City very well indeed. So, yeah, we'll just get straight on to that. Or actually, Ewan, uh, as you weren't on, and I don't think Matt was on either when Rossini was actually announced, I'll go to you first, Ewan. Liam Rossini, the new Hull City manager, what are your general thoughts on that? Are you happy with that appointment? Oh, yeah, over the moon. Over the moon. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant appointment. I think if you said a year ago that we'd have a new owner and Liam Rossini is the manager, you know, it's unbelievable. I think he's a brilliant appointment. You know, I remember him very well as a player. And he was brilliant, so it's you know it's perfect appointment, I think, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that, Matt? 
Yeah, I think it's a really, really good appointment. He's somebody that I think the fans automatically respect from his time at City. And I think that that gives him a little bit more time. And I think that the actual appointments come at the perfect time with it going into an international break with the World Cup. Just allows him to get the group of players playing the style that he wants to play. And uh, in that time, hopefully we can go off the back of the World Cup and, uh, and really kick on. So, yeah, really happy with the appointment. Yeah, I think what you said, Ewan, is is quite right, that it's amazing to have a new owner. And uh, would we call Vecinia a whole city legend or at least a a very well-liked player? A a cult hero, perhaps? Yeah, a cult hero, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, so having him as a manager and a great new owner, it's uh, really been a a very good year for Hull, even though results haven't really gone fantastically uh, this season. And uh, back in the last season, we finished quite low and we're, well, we've been 19th last season and, and this season as well. Not been great, but yeah, I still I think we have to respect that, especially after we went down into League One. <clears throat> the last year um, in 2022 has been quite a positive one for City and hopefully it continues to be because, as I mentioned, we've got four points from six. Um, I was delighted, really, that we got a clean sheet against Millwall. I think that's exactly what we needed. So, uh, Tom, do you think that clean sheet is the the biggest, you know, positive we could have got from a very tough uh, away match at Millwall? Well, when you go down to 10 men away at Millwall and you've got almost half the game left, I think you take that as a positive to come away with a point. I mean, it's hard enough to go there when you've got 11 men, never mind when you've got 10. So, I think the fact we dug in there um, as a team was a strong unit and came away with a point. I think you can't ask for much more than that from, you know, the Millwall game. I mean... Um, it's sort of like the spring. It's given us the springboard to go forward there, um, and it's given us the confidence, I guess, to perform like how we did on a Tuesday night. So, yeah, happy with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, a clean sheet. We, we've not had one since Preston, the second game of the season, and um, I don't really know whether we've deserved one. But I think uh, we've seen it said before the match, and I said it on the podcast. I think. Um, it's really important to see uh, kind of as a barometer how the players are responding and uh, to his messages and um, his their character as a team. And I think to go to Millwall, a very tough team, um, and especially to have 10 men for the second half um, and get a clean sheet shows that the character of the team is very good. So, um, uh, Matt, would you agree that um, the seniors obviously got a good characterful team to work with? Because that's been an issue. I think a lot of the players we've signed perhaps haven't bought into that quite yes yeah i think automatically they respect him i'll say it again he's he's somebody that he's some, when players go into um a dressing room he's somebody that they hopefully and i think i truly do believe that they listen to and i think that it was a really good reflection as you as you quite rightly say i think automatically it, it changes the mindset not only of the players and the manager but also the fans as well because you know you sat watching city every week conceding goal after goal and it, it's disheartening it really is disheartening um, and I'm, we'll get on to the Cardiff game uh, later on. But I think to, for him to have a first game away from home, to show that resilience, to show that perseverance, to get the, the clean sheet, it, it felt like a win. Um, and it said a lot about um, the team and that we actually do have it in us to keep a clean sheet. I mean, it took us to go down to 10 men away at Millwall to, to get a clean sheet. Did they really give us that much trouble, Millwall, in the second half than they should have done? Probably not. It, I mean, it wasn't just 
shot after shot. It really it was kind of just a you know a well organized effort. And I think that's the the big point for me is that how organized we look despite going down to ten men. I think that even within a few days, it was it was a real showing of a team that wanted to play for one another, wanted to play for the gaffer, and wanted to play for those fans that were there on the day. So yeah, really happy with the way that. Um, Rossini got us playing in that game, and even more pleased with the uh, with the clean sheet as well on the point. Mm-hmm. Did it feel like a win to you, Ewan? Well, yeah, I suppose so. I think uh, it's, it's arguably one of the most difficult games we've had so far this season, bar maybe Burnley, because mm-hmm. um, you know Millwall are a very very good team, especially at home. Um, mm-hmm. To go and keep them out with ten men for the majority of the game, it's it's you know it's. Very impressive, I suppose. And Rossini, I think, is deserves most of the credit for that. Because I think had we gone there under Shotter or, you know, maybe Dawson or McCann or whatever, they would have buckled. And, and uh, as Matt said, they showed real character and togetherness, um, you know, to, to see it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom, do you think that's a sign that we are going to see a bit of a continuation with the sort of determination and the grit and the, the higher standards of, of work rate that Dawson implemented with Rossini? I do think with managers gone by, we have seen that new manager all bounce and we've seen it again with Liam Rossini with the results. Um, so I think when a manager comes into the club, he can have an instant impact. And that's obviously reflected in our two results so far. It's just about us maintaining them performance levels and that's what we've struggled to sort of reach over the past few seasons. Um, but, you know, I've seen the, I've seen some promising signs so far um, and with the group of players we've got and the quality we have, I think I don't see why we can't continue sort of showing them high performance levels that we should be showing um, mm-hmm. and uh, start, you know, hopefully start to rise up the division. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I the think, most important thing... That's a great point. Sorry, Nathan, I'm gone, mate. No, you go on. Well, I, I just think that's a really important point, Tommy. This is the consistency, rather, because yeah. you know, we, we, when, we, when I was on the podcast before, it was off the back of two wins, and we we looked excellent. The the sort of the way that we played, the the shape that we had was was excellent, and we utilised our best players to great effect. And then the next two games, I mean, Blackburn was a bit of a um, you expected them to to walk all over us, and and they did. And the one goal, I think we did they, say that on the podcast about the quality they've got. Blackburn yeah. had, yeah, we said about that exactly. But. Plenty of quality, but then the Middlesbrough game was the disappointing one, where you know they weren't they weren't bang up yeah. to it really, and it was it was a lot of errors. So it is a really important point that you make, Tom. It's consistency. He's had two games, never going to get a, a say on consistency after two games. Um, but as you say, Tom, promising signs, little little moments, little character moments like the Millwall draw and coming back from behind at Cardiff. And yeah. those, those sort of mentality changes that I think are so key in football were, were obvious to see. And I think that when we went 2-1 down, I think a lot of us actually thought that we were still in the game under a senior. I don't know if you boys feel the same. I didn't. Did you not? <laughs> under no. Shotter, I thought we I definitely going to go on to lose... Yeah. No, I, f- I felt we yeah. could have. I felt I felt we had, there was another goal in there. I didn't think it was going to win the game. I thought we could have got that goal because we, even though we went two one down, we continued to sort of go forward and attack and look the most likely. Whereas I felt the Cardiff goals that they got was sort of against the run of play. I mean, they came out the second half, and I think you know they, they, you could tell they had a bollock at half time, and there was told to mm-hmm. press higher, and that's how they caught us up the field. And then um, you know, luckily we managed to make some inspired substitutions. And, you know, and that's how we came back. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good, but we have skipped over the major controversy yeah. um, of the Millwall game, Oscar Estepinian's red card, which um, I think very unfairly so, he's had a three-match ban and that's not been rescinded. Um, so firstly, do we think it was a red card? And secondly, how just how bad is it that it's um, going to be a three-match ban as opposed to just one? I think it definitely was a red card. I think if you've seen Cresswell after, you don't mm-hmm. get all that from a fair tackle. I think it, you know, it definitely was a red card. And what I would say is, next three games, I think we don't, we don't really need him. I think the, the best football we've played last few you know months or whatever have been without him. You know, Blackpool, Rotherham, uh, Millwall, and Cardiff. He's, he's you know he's not played, so I'd argue we don't really need him. He's he's not as big a, a miss as he probably looks on paper. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, there's not actually many games he's scored in. A lot of the goals he's come in uh, have been bunches, and I think he's only yeah, got yeah, one cool. goal in 10 or, or 15 or, or a ridiculous amount of games like that. So, yeah, yeah, I think you look at him as a top scorer, but he's not actually been very... Um, he's not been allowed to be very productive in front of the goal recently. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I of course, I'm quite delighted because it means Longman will at least get to play on Saturday. Um, so I'm happy about that. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame though that he's going to be out for three games. But maybe it won't really feel like that. Tete should be back. Alayar should be back after the World yeah. Cup. Uh, go on, you on? No, you. I was going to say he's useful off the bench, is what we've seen. But I think starting him, um, I think we're a better team without him in it to, to begin with. Uh, especially at, you know the Rotherham game, for example, uh, we were fantastic, and then he came on and it. It sort of felt forced that we were trying to go through him, uh, and he, he missed a bit of a city. It could have been five-one if he'd scored his mm-hmm. chance. And he's not the, you know, I, I do think he's a very good player, but I don't think he's quite. He hasn't, hasn't quite clicked for him yet. I don't think, mm-hmm. which is strange yeah. to say considering he's the top scorer. But yeah, I think if you if you're a if you're a city fan, I think bang on you, and you know you see you see Longman week in week out, and. You're right. As a team, we play much better with him because he fits our style a lot better. Yeah. If you're looking at it from the outside and you're you're a pundit and you see our top scorer on the bench for the last month, basically, mm-hmm. and you see a three-match ban, you think, oh, what a big loss. But I think, you know, as City fans, I think you're exa- exactly right, Ewan. And I, I totally agree. I think it should have been a red card. And um, I think that three games, like I say, he's not somebody that... It's crucial. If that was, say, if that was Seri or if that was Greaves, yeah. uh, I'd, I'd feel, I'd feel a lot, I would, I feel a lot worse going into the next three games. But I think because it's him and because he's not been starting, I feel a lot better. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame really he's not been able to kick on because he had the perfect start for any striker. I mean, eight goals in however many games it was, um, and then being the top goal scorer coming to a new country is a fantastic start. It's a shame we've not really given him a huge amount of chances, but even so, he has had a few misses. Even before this kind of long run, he had the miss against Sheffield United, especially, where he should have scored one on one with the keeper. But um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Oscar, perhaps not a big loss, but um, of course, Regan Slater would have been a massive loss. Um, and he was the major difference against Cardiff. A very good win. I was quite confident going into this one. It was a, a pretty decent first half, but I think there was a bit of disagreement amongst us about Rossini ball and playing out from the back. So, uh, Tom, what are your thoughts on this playing out of the back? Because for my own money, I hated watching it because even I understand that it will improve over time and the month break will be very useful for this. But 
especially with Figueredo and I'm not even sure Baxter's very good on the ball. It was a bit scary to watch at times. So what, what did you think, Tom? I remember being in the pub and seeing your tweet about how he was nervous. Um, yeah. I think it was at half-time. I think it was 1-0 up and he was like, mm-hmm. I don't like this. And then, you know, when I saw the score of two goals, I was thinking, yeah, I could see why. But um, what I want to say is, is that when you come into a football club, you earn ideas and identity. You want to imprint that straight onto the club. And look what Senior said, playing out from the back, we are going to make mistakes. And he's held his hand up and he's protecting his players. He knows that it's a process that's going to be, it's going to take a long time. So I think it's something we've got to stick to. Um, of course, we need the players to do it. Um, out of that back four, I think there's two that can do it, and that's Christie and Greaves. Um, and the other two, I think, if we are serious about playing out from the back, um, I think we do need players that can do it. Um, I think for our level, it's hard to sort of find a goalkeeper that's great with the ball at his feet and also yeah. you know, great at saving shots. But... Baxter, in terms of his um, distribution, I think if he continues to uh, train, um, you know, passing out from the back, I think that's something he can improve on. Um, but right now, it's obviously a work in progress. But I'm not someone that wants us to, uh, um, you know, sort of stop playing out from the back. I'd rather us continue to do it, make the mistakes, and eventually, I think it's something you can perfect more and more. Um, it's 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 not something you can stop doing if you make one or two mistakes. Because obviously, eventually it paid off in that game, um, sort of being patient. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a risk and reward strategy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we conceded the goal, but we uh, the senior said afterwards that um, he was responding to comments that you know um, we wouldn't have controlled the game if it didn't if we didn't play like that. So I do agree though with you, Tom. We need better. We definitely need better defenders in January yeah. because they've been poor defensively, but um, we do need another ball-playing um, centre-half. I suppose maybe Greaves would be better there, um, but he's playing left wing-back uh, or, or left-back. So, uh, Ewan, what were your thoughts on on um, the, the tactics for seeing um, ball? I thought, like, like you, it made me a bit nervous because we, we've, both of their goals were our fault, effectively. And, and I think if Cardiff were a better team, we would have been battered because they had a few half chances here and there. And, you know, Baxter, I think Baxter is a brilliant goalkeeper, but you saw it too often where Seri had played back to him and he just hoof it to halfway line and they'd come back and attack us. But I, I agree with Tom in that it is a process thing and it's a confidence thing for the players. And I think the World Cup coming now is, is perfect timing because we haven't got, I don't think, anyone going. So what Rossini can do over this period is, you know, get them used to it. Uh, in a way that maybe they haven't been before, and then when we come back in December, whenever it is, we'll be, you know, more used to playing that way. So I do have faith that it'll, you know, in time, prove an effective way of playing. But it's just for now that the nerves are jangling a bit. Hmm. What about you, Matt? You were going to say about the tactics? Yeah, I think I agree with both points that. It's going to take time to um, to get to where they need to be. I was just looking at the top six there um, in the championship. Um, Burnley, Blackburn, Sheffield United, Norwich, Watford, QPR all play out from the back. All have goalkeepers that do that. And if you're aspiring to be up the top end, you're going to have to play like a team that are confident on the ball, a team that want to attack right from right from the goalkeeper, a team that are going to really benefit from, from getting on the counter and springing off from there, using that sort of, start from the goalkeeper to get there 
is Baxter for me isn't good enough to do that, in my opinion. Um, he's somebody who's a great goalkeeper, but is he good with his feet? No, he's not. I, I, he's not great with his feet, and it's a shame because I actually really like him as a person, and I think he's a great goalkeeper. But if we're going to play this way, I don't think he's the right man. So maybe that's something they look to in January. And I agree with the point that you look at our centre halves, um, and you think to yourself, who who would you generally be? comfortable having on the ball to make those snap decisions that you need to make in that formation I'd say probably Greaves and maybe Alfie Jones but actually <laughs> Figueredo absolutely not um, he frustrates me enough um, and I think it's it's something that the board and, and Liam needs to look at and you look at the 37 goals conceded I mean to be honest how, that's the most in the league how many of them have come from defensive mistakes from that sort of play so many of them. So I think what Liam needs to do is exactly right with the boys. Take the time to go through it with the lads, instill that confidence in the side. But I think there needs to be some changes in personnel, uh, particularly in January, if we're going to seriously push up the league. Um, I just think that needs, that needs to happen. Yeah, I do appreciate what the senior is trying to do. And he did say that the players need to be brave and and be brave on the ball to receive it and, and play out from the back. But it, it still was quite horrible to watch because I think we got a bit lucky. Um, the old boss, Ant, says that this is the uh, last episode before the Football Content Awards. Of course, we are uh, an award-nominated podcast now um, for the best EFL podcast. And then um, we will be touching on it at the very end. Afterwards, uh, it's going to be to Qatar and back. We've got a, a very snazzy new logo. So um, we, we will be, be, uh, be back to talk about um, England and everything, the World Cup. Um, so, uh, Tom, do you think we overpaid for Regan Slater? Oh, yeah, he <laughs> costs too much. He costs way too much. 50 grand. Oh, nah. yeah. What a player. It's a lot of money, go, isn't it? I wanted to go back to a point about um, the build-up play that we was doing, you know, mm-hmm. from defence. Um, I really liked when Greaves kept on coming into midfield, sort of John Neckham midfield three, to receive the ball. And then what I created was more space out wide and was able to move forward like that. I think we'll play, when we're playing more fluid way, um, I don't know if it's because Cardiff stood off us and gave us a lot of space to play, but the football was playing was excellent. And that was like shown in the first goal, um, which obviously came from a great cross from Greaves. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what I want to ask is, is um, I know Greaves has played there the past few games. Would you continue to play in there? Or would you draft Fleming back in and put Greaves back to centre-back? I think Fleming is a very good attacking player and I think we would be missing him if we didn't have him. And I think Greaves is very good at centre-half. So I think it probably would be best. But, uh, you know, Greaves is obviously a very good left-back. He's got two assists. He's clearly not doing anything that Fleming wouldn't be able to do, perhaps. So, um, yeah, I think perhaps I'd probably want Fleming back in especially if he's fit. Um, would you agree with that, Matt and Ewan? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. What I, mean. I mean, the thing, uh, what you said there, is bang on. I mean, Greaves is providing assists and the attacking mm-hmm. fullback, but it's so much better defensively. So for yeah. me, it's a situation where we talk about Fleming and we say, oh, he's better going forward. But actually, Greaves going forward, we've got two assists and he looks bang, yeah. bang in form. He looks confident. Uh, he's doing a job for us. So what, for me, I, I wouldn't bring Fleming back in for the sake of, oh, I feel he's better going forward because Greaves is doing that job anyway. Mm. I suppose if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But yeah, the two goals he's had for um, Longman and Pelkas uh, were both 
brilliant crosses and uh, very good for a um, you know uh, a centre half really. So yeah, perhaps we don't need to change it. Um, and then the two. Or, uh, sorry, my argument for Fleming coming in is I'd rather have Greaves centre half than either mm. the other. He's better yeah. than yeah. So I'd rather have him there than not play Fleming. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose especially not if we're playing good. out from the back, you you, you yeah. want a left footer and a right footer in the middle as well. But we're having two right footers. He's the best centre half on the ball that we've got, so I think I'd rather. I just feel more comfortable, you know, with the passing around if, if he was playing. Well, I can understand both arguments really, but um, I think we're doing okay at the moment going forward. Is with the defence. I mean, Christie's been very good. He's been a revelation at right back. Um, and um, funny story: my parents were on the train to London the same time that the City players were going to London on the train and they got on the same train and my stepdad ste- uh, stepped on Christie's foot and um, walking next to them so um, maybe that's why he hasn't scored in the previous two games He's you know because uh, I think he scored in two of the three previous but maybe that's put him off a bit but just thought I'd mention that um, but I think he's been really good going forward but obviously hasn't really helped that much defensively but of course we have got one clean sheet so um and, uh, and very frustrating to see Gavin White score. Um, that's three of the last six games now, maybe yeah. that we've conceded a an unmarked um, an unmarked player scored who used to play for us with Akpom and uh, Will Keane. So yeah. um, it was so predictable. Yeah. So yeah. how many how many goals is Tomins going to score on Saturday? Do you think probably right. at least one, right? Zero. Well, that, that's quite optimistic, Matt. Really, He's their top scorer. He's their top scorer of three goals, I think. But uh, their top scorer with three—that is I'm quite sure. bad. Double check. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw today they have three goals as their top scorer. Right. Okay. So, yeah. But how, how confident do we feel going into this Reading match? Because I think we played quite well in spells against Cardiff. We got a clean sheet against Millwall. Um, I'm assuming. Um, I'm thinking we'll play quite well again. And Reading are the uh, third worst away team. We're not that good at home, but hopefully we get a, a new manager balance at home with the senior. So, um, Matt, do you think we're able to carry on that form into the home game on Saturday? Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. Um, I think that the players are going in with confidence, which is always a good thing. Uh, and the fans are as well, which I think is even more important, particularly at home. You've got a, a fan base that's, you know, at this moment in time, very much behind Liam Rossinia. Um, The shotter effect wore off very, very quickly and soon the fans were fairly fickle when it came to um, the performances under him. So I think that, you know, with the crowd that we've got there, they'll be right behind them. Um, I do want to just make a quick point about Christie and, and the right back left back situation. The amount of goals we concede from the back post unmarked is is unbelievable. It's, I, I've never seen a team like it. We, we concede so many goals, and it, it, it is so frustrating at times because you, you made the point there, Nathaniel. The he's, he's very good, he's very astute going forward, really, really good going forward. But it's the same argument with Trent. Uh, I mean, I can't believe I put Trent and Christie in the same sentence, but in in the in the sense that. You know, great going forward, but then every single time we seem to concede a goal, it's Christie. It's on Christie's side where he, him and Figueiredo are, are not working together, and therefore there's there's a gap there, and that who there's no communication. I don't know if that's Christie, Figueiredo, whoever it is. I think that really needs to be addressed. Um, but in terms of going into the Reading game, I watched them against Watford um, the other night. Reading, I think they have got a lot of threats. I think Lucas Jarl is an excellent player for the for the division. Um, he holds the ball up really well and working with Tom Ince in that in that sort of front two. Um, 
you know, the, the bounce to, to cause us quite a few uh, problems. I think they play a very different way um, to sort of how, how Cardiff play um, and particularly how Blackburn play um, and, and Millwall as well, sorry. But I think to be overall, I, I am very confident going into the Reading game. I might eat my words, but I think it's important mm. at this point to be positive because if you're negative and you've got four points from six and a new gaffer's coming, then you're a mug. Yeah. So yeah. in my opinion, I'd, I'm, I'm saying this, that I'm, I'm confident that it will be a really good performance. And if we play well under the way that Rossini likes to play football, I think mm. that we will come out with three points. Do, do you share Matt's optimism, Tom? Yeah, somewhat. But <laughs> because... The, we use as city fans. We're used to getting our toes treaded on um, when we're going to a game confident. But given how we've performed in the last two games, I am excited for Saturday. And I don't normally say that about home games. Usually, I mean, at the start of the season, I did. Then we sort of dropped off. But um, I do think if we sort of show the same application um, and you know the same determination and sort of pressing that we did in the past two games, um, then I do think we've got a good chance of coming away with the. The three points. Um, I don't think Reading are going to come here and sort of like sit back. I think they've got the players to sort of, uh, you know, they've got possession-based players um, that are able to come forward with confidence. So I think you know, with given how our defence has been this season, you won't back against some scoring Reading. But um, like we've shown in you know the last game, we do have the quality going forward to sort of outscore the opponents. Um, mm. But you'd rather just uh, hold on to as long as we can. Without conceding, so. yeah. Uh, so getting um, toes trod on just like Christie at the train station the other day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, talking about that, um, I guess we can't get too carried away because we are basically the team that you know, whenever a team hasn't won in a long time, we're the team that loses. Um, Why have um, you said and- that? Well, Why have sorry, you said but, that? Now it's, well, the, now it's in the universe now. We're gonna it's, get it's, it's getting clips. This is going it, clips. It's in the notes. It's in the notes, so I have to, to put it. I mean, I wrote the notes, so it's my fault. But they have won. It's unfortunate events. Yeah. yeah, I will probably I pro- will probably do that if I've got a spare afternoon. Um, so they've won, <laughs> I have to say, they've won one in nine. So, um, Ewan, how could we possibly muck that up? Well, it's just typical city, isn't it? Teams always seem to kickstart the city against us. Mm. Uh, but I, th- I think I think it'll be high scoring. I think it'll be a similar result to Cardiff, but I can I do think we'll beat them. It's the uh, Liam Rossini of Derby that we used to play for them. But mm. I, I just think we'll, we are. I'd like to think a better team than Reading. And while Tommins, you know, he's a good player, he's he, I think he's that good. So I think mm. we're. I, th- I do. I am confident going into it. I think we'll. Hopefully, win. Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I'm quite confident. Um, we played well against Cardiff, and Reading are not in very good form. And uh, I think it would be really good to um, get up to 27 points. I mean, uh, at the moment, 12th have 26 points. So if we win, we're definitely in the mid-table mix. And um, even though it is a very tight league, so uh, really, it's probably going to be months until results and or league position really starts to matter. Uh, I think it would be really um, important for Rossini to get a first win or at least a point at home um, in front of the, the fans for the first time and go into the break in a good position and having uh, not lost the previous game because you don't want to be thinking about a defeat for a month. Um, maybe that would motivate them. But if we were in a good position um, going into the World Cup, that would be you know, nice to see us you know, 15th or, or a bit higher 
um, going into the month's break. So uh, um, I think we'll we'll talk about the lineup and the prediction um, just a little in a little bit of time. But for the moment, we've got a game, so that's very exciting. Um, I don't know why um, uh, I've decided to do this because it isn't really whole city related, but <laughs> it's a, it's about the championship in general. And of course, we've got a new manager and various other clubs. I mean, Luton have just lost their manager, for example. So um, I want you to uh, try and guess uh, who the four clubs and the four managers are that have, um, oh, I've sort of ruined it, but it's four. Um, only, only four championship teams have had a manager longer than a year. And so... Um, Try try and guess the clubs um, that those are. Um, Matt, do you want to go first? So, Coventry, Robbins. Mm-hmm. Very good. Millwall, yeah. Gary Rowett. Yeah. Oh, this is really easy. Oh, you've got two. Let let the others have I'm a go. Say, yeah, I'll let, I'll let the boys. I let the boys chime in. I think. Uh, Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Uh, no, but very close. Oh, Paul Heckingbottom. Heckenbottom is about a week away, or two two weeks away from being a year. Um, Dean Smith also is um, ten days away from uh, um, having a, a whole year, or oh, it's about that amount of time. So there's there's two more to get. Mason at Bristol City. Is he been there a year? Uh, Pearson, yeah, yeah, he's been oh, over a year. City, yeah. So there's yeah, there's one. there's one more. Because the vast majority of managers that have been this season as well, or, or started in the summer, I think nine have changed managers this season, and about three or four of them had a new manager in the summer. So, you going to guess, Tom? Um, uh, trying to think. I'll just get, guess guess one, uh, get it wrong, and then Matt can give the fourth answer. Um. It, it's it's a city team. That's what I- I was about to say Wigan, but obviously he's just been sacked. Mm. Just gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's a team with City at the end. Um, can't think right now. You've probably mentioned the others. Should well, I put you out of your misery? Or, or, well, do you do you know it, Matt? I think I, I believe it's John Eustace at Birmingham City. What? Is that wrong? N- no, I think that's wrong. He's new this summer, I believe. Is that right? I think okay. That's right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's it Russell Martin. It's Swansea City, Russell Martin, new last summer. So that is shocking, really. Only four of them have been around for a whole season. And, uh, well, two of those are just a year and a half. And so, yeah, I mean, the championship changes managers so often. It's not 100% likely Rossinia will even see out um, this season either, uh, given how that is. It'll be interesting to see just how much um, extra time he's given, perhaps, because the fans might not turn against him as quickly as they did against uh, Schotter, because, of course, he's got, uh, you know, that sort of uh, credit in the bank from being a City player. So uh, now we'll do our lineup, um, or, you know, whether we think there should be any changes to the lineup for the Reading match and our predictions. So, um, Tom, do you think there's anything that needs to change? Um, can we talk about Regan Slater? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. So go on then. Let's let's talk about how good Regan Slater is. Um, even even though it, we did overpay a little bit at, at fifty grand. Yeah. Uh, well, so good, and he just so good finishing in the box. I mean, I, I, I listened to Rossini's interview after the game, and I don't know if anyone else has listened to it, but yeah. um, he said about how um, when he was bringing on the subs, I think Andy Dawson said oh, we should move Regan in sort of a number ten role. 
and that's how he scored his two goals. I think that shows the importance of what your backroom staff can bring to the play. I think the fact Rossini could have said no. Rossini could have said no, sort of undermine that decision. But the fact Dawson's worked with these players longer, I think he knows more than Rossini. And I think that's that's the decision that paid off. I mean, the first goal, brilliant turn, gets away from his man and you know has a shot. Um, I think that's one criticism I can have this season. We don't shoot enough outside the box. We get into the positions and dirt. And then the second one, it's a great one too with Longman. Longman gets it back into the box and then, you know, first time finish. So, fantastic player. I think that's a sign of things to come at her. Yeah, I think that's very important what you said about Dawson um, being the one who who told Rosinia to do that. And that just shows just uh, that Rosinia respects what Dawson's done. And I think it's helpful that we have had that continuation because I think a lot of the other managers... um, that we've been linked with would have been a big change. I'm sure Pedro Martins probably wouldn't yeah. have wanted Andy, Andy Dawson around or respect him quite as much as Rossini does. So, and yeah, two great goals. Um, one was a fantastic move. The second one, um, great assist by Longman, of course, and um, a really good goal from Slater outside the box. He does tend to do that. Um, he has scored a few good goals outside the box. So, um, yeah, that's one thing I was not sure about the lineup was seeing Slater left wing. Because Doherty's played on the right, I think, and that worked because he's very quick, but um, not sure about Slater. But moving into the middle was a, a stroke of genius, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think <laughs> I totally agree with you, Tom, in that I love what he said about uh, Dorse being the guy. Um, <laughs> everybody gives Switch on Valerizella as a listen, top tune, a very plug, talented plug. band. Good, yes. great plug. Um, Switch on Valerizella. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We'll get it. We'll get it listened to. Um, yeah, I think that ultimately that that midfield is is an interesting one. It's an interesting one yeah. in the respect that there's so many kind of options that we have and players that can sort of interchange. You know, you know, a few seasons ago, would we have thought that Doc would be playing right, sort of right midfield? Not really. Same with Slater playing left. It's 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 what Rossini is there to do. He's there to sort out that midfield and get the get the best out of them. And that's exactly what he did the other night against Cardiff. He got the most out of Regan Slater. Uh, Dawes told him exactly what he felt needed to happen. Did that, comes up with two goals. And it was that it was that real attacking midfield kind of goal, that third one where he just lays it off, drills into the box, and then the ball comes in and he's there to finish. It was it was a really great sort of attacking midfielder goal from Slater um, and I think it's great positive signs like I say £50,000 for the bloke is is, in, is one of the one of our best Still signings ever yeah it's, 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 it's an amazing sign and one that I think that you know we, we perhaps looked at with fondness when we first signed him and thought oh, that's a decent buy but actually now when he's scoring goals playing consistent, consistently rather and playing consistently well just shows his value and uh, yeah chuff for him and, and how much he's impacting the team I remember watching him for Scunthorpe a couple of years ago um, there was in League 2 back then and I didn't to be honest I didn't know much about who played for Scunthorpe apart from the odd player I saw Regan Slater I thought don't really know this guy is but he, he was the one that he was the best player on the pitch I mean I know it was League 2 but it just shows how, how far he's come since then and on that goal as well the second goal I think from an analytical point of view, um, as an attacking midfielder, I think you're told, like, once you make a pass, don't just stand still, move. And obviously, that's what he did, moving into the right area and, you know, got the rewards. I think great, great balling from Longman, you know, great finish as well. So, yeah. So, I mean, we talked about how Dawson said we should move Slater into the middle. I thought Cynic 
quite uh, played quite well coming off the bench. I think that's one change I'd make. Obviously, start Slater in the middle. He scored two good goals, and uh, I mean, I don't know who I'd drop. Well, then. Pel- you have to drop Pelcas, maybe. Well, well, Pelcas, Pelcas plays played well, and he scored. But maybe I know Pelcas's best position perhaps isn't on the wing. But if Slater scored two goals from that position, surely you've got to move Pelcas out wide. So, do you agree with that, Ewan? Should that happen? Um, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm, I do like Pelkas, but I think he's 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 not really done anything yet. I don't think worthy. I know he scored, but he's a tap in. I'd start Slater there personally, just just because he's you know he's proved himself almost. Um, the other change I'd maybe make is 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 Sean McLaughlin injured? Do we know? Like, why has he just not been playing? It was on the bench again. He was brilliant last season, and this season he's hardly played. So I, I don't, you know, I always really like McLaughlin. So I'd maybe bring him in for Figueiredo or someone because at least he had a bit with, with the ball. Um, yeah, I think that, McLaughlin's long passing has been quite good. Um, he was the last, last season. He was, he was really good. Goal useful. of the season. Goal, he, he assisted the goal of the season, in my opinion. That was that. Was, mm. There you go. Was Potter. And for, for whatever reason, he's just not been playing. Um, so I'd, I'd maybe play McLaughlin and. Maybe move Slater further forward and, and maybe bring, I don't know, Sinek or someone in. Yeah. yeah, I think McLaughlin came off the bench against Millwall, so I don't think he is injured. So yeah. perhaps, yeah, maybe that would fix the issue because Figueredo is a little bit of a, a, a liability, especially playing out from the back. So I think I could agree with that. Um, are there any other changes to the lineup that I, we think I we should make? I won't bring him in, but I want to say I was on two fan, made an impact off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as soon as he got the ball, he was always looking straight forward. Added a bit of energy in there. I think that's what you need. I think, I think two fans realise now that he's placing certain in the team and he's starting to make an impact yeah. off the bench. He scored against Rotherham, um, and then you know, he's obviously made an impact against Cardiff. Um, but it shows now that we've got a lot of options going forward, and then defensively we, we haven't, you know, we're very light on options, and that's what we knew at the start of the season. Um, was was calling out for an experienced centre back. We didn't also we didn't sign one. We've sort of been paying the price ever since. So I think January can't come soon enough in terms of investing in that area. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So uh, I think we should just do our predictions for the Reading match, and then we can talk a little bit about the England World Cup squad that was uh, revealed today. So um, personally, I think. Um, I agree with, I think, what you said, Ewan, it could be a high-scoring game. I still don't think the defence is great, but I think uh, maybe Slates will get another goal. And uh, I'm feeling quite confident. Um, new manager bounce, so maybe a, a 3-1 City win. So uh, what about you, Tom? I'm going to go 2-1 to City. 2-1 to City. Ant is saying high-scoring 3-2 win. Tom Ince to score for Reading. That will probably happen. And yeah. what about you, Matt? Um, I think we'll go one nil down, and then we'll come back and win two one. I think the goal that we'll concede will be an own goal by Figueroa or Baxter, or one of them, one of the plonkers doing some stupid back pass. Baxter kicking yeah. off Figueroa, Figueroa Z or something like that. I won't yeah. be surprised after what I've seen this season. Yeah. Some no, of the defending yeah, has been shoddy. It's been poor, and I just want to make the quick point that I completely agree with Tom that. If we, we, we January can't come quick enough for, for an improved centre half in that position, somebody I mean, figure is a fairly experienced, but it was it's, it's his style of play which is the issue. And I think we need somebody that is going to come in there and, and really settle 
a young, a very young sort of like in Jones and Grieve, just like somebody who's just going to be very calm, relaxed level. So you almost see the Michael Dawson in there, basically, who's like, no, maybe not the quickest, but somebody who's just going to get the ball, distribute it, lead the team, conduct it in a way. Um, and somebody's going to listen to Rossini, um in that respect. So, yeah, generally can't come quick enough. But as I say, 1-0 down, 2-1 up. Thank you. Good night. See you later, World Cup. Yeah. And uh, what about you, Ewan? Have you said yours yet? Yeah, high scoring. I think maybe another 3-2. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Tom I, need bit, I need to get a bit on that. Tom in score any time. City to win 3-2, I think. Yeah. yeah. The money in there. Guaranteed, isn't it? Guaranteed. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say? Oh, well, yes. Um, quite right, Matt. Perhaps a player with the sort of impact Tommy Elphick had a few years ago with uh, Burke alongside yeah. him. Because um, our defence got a whole lot worse after he came out. So hopefully um, we have someone else. And yes, as Ant is saying, please gamble responsibly. But Tom Ince will definitely score. Um, but yeah. you know, don't necessarily have to bet on it. Uh, so, yeah, I think... All saying City win, uh, so that's a nice optimistic, um, you know, outlook from us, and it's been a good week for City. But for the moment, we're going to look at uh, Qatar. So um, I haven't got the thumbnail, but imagine that our lovely new uh, Qatar and back logo has come on the screen. Uh, so, what did we think of the the uh, World Cup squad? Because I think it's I'm usually not too bothered about squads. Mostly, all our good players are in there. There might be a few. Um, you know, snubs that are actually quite expected, so I never really get too excited about them. But uh, Tom, are you happy? Um, there's a few, obviously, like you said there, with the bulk of the players correct, you know, correctly picked, and then you, there's a few like Tamari that was not included that you felt you know he could have got in there ahead of the likes of Eric Dyer or Conor Curdy, but was overlooked. Um, you know, you could make arguments to James or Prowse again, overlooked. Yeah. Um, Callum Wilson didn't get, did he not get selected he did, oh, he did, he did got selected. Tony, Ivan Tony didn't get selected though. that's another one um, but I do feel that with that striker position it's, uh, with Kane there unless he gets injured uh, you're not. he's not getting dropped so I think it's hard for any other striker coming into this England team right now Kane's in his prime years that, to even get, get a look in but you know, I was happy Rashford got selected I was happy Madison did um, uh, I think Rashford centrally can cause problems in this tournament, um, as he's done this season for Man United. But overall, um, I'd say if I was to give it out of ten, I'd say seven out of ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'd probably have similar. Uh, I think the yeah. biggest surprise was seeing Conor Gallagher in the midfield. I'm uh, not yes, too. I'm not confident. I'm not confident about our midfield at all. I would have had Ward Prowse in there. Um, Rice and Bellingham are very good, and then it's the lack of lack of options, really. Like the fact Calvin Phillips being selected despite not playing all season in Man City, but but I did agree with his selection because we're so light on defensive midfield options. You know, yeah. I'm not saying that it's criminal, but I'm not. I'm not saying that it's criminal. I think it's like, yeah, I suppose it is, but I think who else could you select defensive? Midfield? There's not really anyone. Like, Regan Slater, yeah, he's English. That's it. That's it. That's a joke, though, of course. Yeah. A very funny joke. <laughs> so, uh, Ewan, what are your general thoughts on the, the squad? And is it good enough to win the World Cup? Oh, I don't think it's good enough to win the World Cup, no. But Ooh. I think it's, of everyone who uh, who could have been picked, I don't think there's anyone who's massively, you know, who's missing. Maybe Ivan Tony, but would he play? 
probably not. Uh, Tamori again, would he play? No. Uh, there's no one um, who, who's you know been left out that's going to make that much difference. I don't think. I think Gareth Southgate's obviously got his team. He's starting eleven, and then beyond that, it, it doesn't really matter. He's like Conor Gallagher again. You know, arguing is he good enough? Is he not? He probably won't play. So it's irrelevant, really. I think he. I think it's a pretty good um, selection. But no, I don't think it's good enough to win the World Cup. Mm. Well, that's a shame. I mean, I definitely think it is. Anyone can beat anyone at the World Cup. True. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah Iceland um, can beat us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. Fortunately, they're not there this year. Uh, <laughs> I think. I, I don't think they are. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I agree with what you said about the strikers, uh, Tony or, or Wilson. Um, or Tony certainly won't be playing, but Wilson's probably not going to play unless we're two goals up in the third game after winning the first two, and and Kane scored both, and you want to you know give him a rest. But against the best teams, he's definitely going to play. I think what Ant said about Phillips being included is a bit strange because uh, I mean, he did well at the Euros, but he's not played. I understand why Walker's there. Because it's like at the Euros, Maguire and Henderson both scored in the quarterfinal, but they weren't fit to begin with, but they contributed later on. Um, and Walker will probably do the same, especially in the, uh, the round of 16 and, and that thing if we get that far. So, I do think yeah. with Phillips, though, I think that he has worked with Pep Guardiola for months now. I, I know he's not played a lot of games, but when you're working with Pep Guardiola, surely you're going to improve playing hold the midfield. Like on the training ground, I think if he was drafted into the squad, he'd do a job. Um, and I know, like, you, know, you might might not get injuries to Rice and Bellingham, but should that happen, then you've got someone in there that can play that position. But you know, it's I guess it's you know, he probably I mean, is the I, second best holding defensive midfielder we've got, yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to Rice. But uh, yes, Matt. Yeah, I just, honestly, I, I I understand every decision Gareth's made, and the only one I'd say is up for debate is the, is the Wilson Tony one, where mm. you, you can go either way. Uh, I think Wilson's uh, plays a little bit, bit more like what Southgate wants um, from somebody coming off the bench when when Kane maybe becomes injured or is fatigued. Uh, my my opinion on Calvin Phillips is that. He was a starting central midfielder alongside Rice for the Euros when we got to the final. He trusts him. Gareth is 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 has got players in there that he trusts. Um, and the only sort of thing for me is having with with Gallagher in there. I think that's just a that might be just a, a thing for him with the under twenty ones getting somebody who's you know had an excellent season last season with Palace. Somebody who can maybe do a multitude of roles. Um, he, he he played sort of attacking midfielder for Crystal Palace, but yet when he plays for Chelsea, he's more of a deep line midfield player. Um, for me, the, the the three that will play in midfield will be Bellingham, Rice, and probably Mason Mount. And then if you want to replace one of them with somebody who can play box to box talking Jordan Henderson Calvin Phillips I agree I agree with the point that three games is is you know not necessarily enough to see somebody in the major tournament but the context behind Calvin Phillips what he's done for the country so far how Gareth Southgate trusts him and how much he knows the way Gareth likes to play is I think the key point as why he's included in the team um Prowse has played Ward Prowse has played a, a few games for England and he's done well but when you're in a major tournament, you want somebody who knows more up there and the fitness comes with it. Um, I think he's probably about three weeks away from full fitness. And in reality, you just hope that 
that three in midfield of Rice, Bellingham and Mount stays fit. But I think by the time that something does happen, Phillips will be he'll be ready to go. Um that's 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 the major thing. And then the centre halves as well. Eric Dyer um in there and Connor Cody in there, rather than Mark Gahey at Palace and, and Tamori. Tamori and gay young players. He even said it in the press conference. He was like, "Oh, they've not done enough to show that they can move the older statesman through." I think Dyer's in there for his international experience. I know he's made a couple of mistakes at club level, but he's he's certainly improved this season um, the most. And then Connor Cody. I think it's that classic. Oh, he's good in the dressing room type type pick, but actually, you almost know that if would you rather have Tamori who doesn't play. In the dressing room, or would you rather have Connor Cody who doesn't play in the dressing room? I know which one I picked. Cody. Away. Yeah, uh, his banter with Tyrone Mings at the Euros was good. There were some good videos there, so that does be fun to watch. Player. He's awful, at least. But he's yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing is that Southgate's picked players he trusts, but then yeah. people complain he's picked players on reputation and I know Sterling and that sort of thing. And Phillips haven't played a lot, played well. But then he's picked Wilson. He's picked um, Gallagher, um, which is a bit of a, a strange thing because yeah. and, and and he's picked Madison when initially a few days ago we didn't think he was going to. So he's not going to pick. He's not going to pick the player. He doesn't like who? Madison. He doesn't. He does like. No, no, no. Seriously, he, he, like in there's no way that he's picked the last three squads for England, including the Nations League, looking at the way Bannison plays and how he's got the most goals <laughs> at the time that they were picked, the, the squads, that is, and he's not picked him. There's clearly something there. Mm. I think that's the that's the, the pick where everyone expects him to, to be picked on his form. And that kind of shows, I think, to the public that he's not doing this on reputation um, in, in his mind. Um, but if he'd, if he'd have not gone, that would have been absolutely criminal. Like if he did not go, he got the most goals and assists in. He's in the top ten in the world in the in the top well top top five European leagues yeah. in in the world since last season. Top he's class got, he's got to be in England, I mean, so. yeah. English players, midfielders, he's top. So it's... yeah, and he and he's the only one that can kind of who plays week in week out in that number ten position like Mount does for their respective clubs. I mean, people say that oh yeah, we can put Grealish and Foden there. They just play FIFA and they can do the position modifier. They don't play those positions for the clubs. So why would they do it for the country? Madison's the only out and out ten alongside Mount that is in that is in that team. So I'm really glad he picked Madison and it shows a lot about him picking them, you know, some on reputation, yes, but not all of them, which I think is important. Yeah. Well hopefully Madison fires us to um our second ever World Cup win. So I've asked the other two this, but you and I've not asked you. And you've already said England aren't going to win the World Cup. So we are going to get two answers here. But I'll ask you two questions. Who's going to win the World Cup and how are England going to do? Um, I think Brazil, personally. Mm. You can't have a struggle to see beyond Brazil, just in terms of the depth and the, the talent that they have. And I think England will I think will struggle to get out of the group, personally. I could see losing to America, maybe drawing with Wales, and then comes down to the Iran game. What? Uh, Blimey. Um, okay, that's that's very that's that's very uh, negative. But that's what I think anyway. I mean, it may well happen, but uh, it won't. And and <laughs> so, but what about our chances in the round of sixteen against probably Senegal or Ecuador or Qatar? Oh, well, or I mean, round of sixteen is a different thing, and it, it, it the groups are very strange place to be because. Mm. Um, 
I would have been, but probably, probably will be around. But I think Wales will be bang up for it because it's the first ever World Cup um, for however many years. And um, I think they'll be, this is their game because, you know, they, they won't realistically be thinking, oh, we're going to get out of the group. So England's their game. I think America, a very good team. Um, but then, you know, going into the round of 16, that goes out the window. So Ecuador, Senegal, it will probably be either of them. Um, we'll see. I do think we'll get out of the cups. I do hope I'm wrong. It won't be as easy as people are making out to be. Nine points. It'll be nine points. Easy. Easy. He said Brazil's going to win it. I I looked at the squad and I was so surprised to see a 39-year-old Danny Alves as one of their right-back collections. Like, what? That is strange. I assume. The classic good for the dressing room pick, Tom. You see that there's there's one of them yes. in every single team. He's good for the dressing room. He's not going to play, but he's good for morale, and that's why he's in. He should have got Lingard in as well, maybe. Oh, do Lingard me and Cody. Uh, I hate Lingard. <laughs> Just uh, he can do a you know a dance show at half time to motivate them. Yeah. Mate, honestly, if you can make a full of yourself on national television and get two hundred grand a week, I'd be doing that. I'd be doing a gritty every single time I get the opportunity to, and I can't <laughs> move at all. So you know, I don't like it. I don't like him as a as a player, and often he's quite annoying. But if you're only two hundred grand a week, you can do what you want. Fair play mm. to him. I'm doing that. Yeah. A good point. A good point. Well made, and I think that's a, a good opportunity to end the podcast on a high, talking about Lingard and um, his dance routines. So, um, thanks everyone for coming on. I hope you've enjoyed your first time, Ewan. And Hello. um, oh well, we'll do another shout out for your band. So, um, it's the Rosellas, and it says um that you've got a new single out, which is switch off. Uh, switch off. So, uh, yeah. what was your um musical journey with that song? <laughs> Um, we wrote it ages ago and then recorded it and we were sitting on it for a while and then we recently signed a record deal so that was the first one that we put out on this new uh, label so it's called Switch Off it's on Spotify I'm sure there'll be a link for it somewhere but there you go Okay, well, uh, good luck to you with your musical endeavours in the future. Thanks for coming on. Hope everyone has enjoyed. And uh, we will be back with Takata uh, and back uh, next week and probably talking about, uh, hopefully, another three points under Liam Senior against Reading. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you very soon. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.